Every single day you wake up, you have the opportunity to start over, to make a difference, to right a wrong, to shift your life into a better direction. Thankfully, we have a God that gives us that second chance every day. We hope this show will bring you information and stories that will inspire you to be the best you can be. This is Every Day is a Second Chance, presented by Heyman Hoke. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Every Day is a Second Chance. I'm your host, Fred Heyman, and I'm doing this because it's been on my heart for about 15 years now that I needed to get this message out. Um, About 2006, I got really, really sick, and I was dealing with a disease called uh, ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis, for those of you all that don't know, is a very serious autoimmune disease of your large intestine, your colon. And I got diagnosed in 2001, but from 2001 to 2006, it really took its toll on me. And it took its toll on me for a number of reasons, but the biggest reason, I think, was because I was a trial attorney at the time, and I was working 60 to 80 hours a week trying to kill myself practicing law. I was doing what I thought I would always dream about doing. I had gone to law school after being a police officer in El Paso, Texas for over five years, and I was practicing trial law, which is something I always wanted to do. And for five years of working those kind of hours, I got diagnosed with this disease and it got worse and worse and worse. And at the end of 2006, the doctors came to me and said, we either remove your colon or you're going to have colon cancer. And I was only 42 years of age. But I was such an arrogant, a matter of fact, trial lawyer at that point in my life that all I could think about was how long am I going to be off work? So that's exactly the question I asked the doctors. And the doctors said, you're going to be off work for a minimum of three months. And of course, I was in control of my life, at least I thought I was, and I knew I'd be back sooner than that. But if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, (laughs) because God had different plans for me that day. I went through that operation, and unfortunately, the doctors messed up. They caused... Uh, my intestines to rupture because they didn't sew me back together properly. And because of that rupture, I was in critical condition for 10 days. I should have died. I literally medically should not have survived. I am an attorney. I've been an attorney for a number of years and I'm now doing things. We'll go more into it as we go through these shows, but I do probate and probate is when somebody passes away and we have to administer their estates. I've done numerous probates from people that died with less medical conditions than I did. I was in critical for 10 days. I was in the hospital for 37 days the first time. I was out of work a total of over eight months, ended up being in and out of the hospital and having to have six surgeries. So I went from being 42 years of age, healthy, minor technicality of this disease called ulcerative colitis that was causing major inconveniences in my life, but it wasn't slowing me down. And I went from that to being totally incapacitated for over eight months and almost dying. And during that eight-month period, God really got my attention. And it made me realize that I had gone to law school for all the wrong reasons. I had gone to law school for one reason and one reason only, and that was to make money. And for 10 years, I did. And eight months later, I was broke again because of medical bills and being out of work. 
I went from being very healthy. I was athletics my whole life. I was a bareback bronc rider for about <laughs> four years. I played rugby in college. I did everything that a person that thinks they're invincible will do. And I went from that to having to learn to walk again with a walker because wow. I was bedridden for 37 days. And during that time, God put it on my heart that I needed to write a book and I needed to get the word out that every day is a second chance. And I've been struggling with that for 15 years, working on this book, and I've written it a number of times and started over a number of times, and I'm almost finished. I'm, I'd say I'm about uh, two-thirds through right now, and it was introduced to me that why don't I do a video podcast on what I'm writing the book about? And that's what we're here for. We're here to talk to people about how we have a God of second chances. Uh, this is not a religious show. This is a show of faith because I have a very, very strong Christian faith. And because of what I went through, I know, I don't, I don't think, I haven't read, I personally know that we have a God of second chances. You can read the Bible and see throughout all of the Old Testament and the New Testament how many times God gives people second chances. And we're going to go through some of those stories through some of these episodes. I mean, Adam and Eve got a second chance. Noah got a second chance. Jonah got a second chance. Our ultimate second chance was Jesus when he came to earth and died so that every single one of us can be forgiven of our sins and live an everlasting life with God. He gave us the ultimate second chance. But again, I don't want this show to be religious. This show isn't about religion. It's not about uh, a, a certain, you know, uh, denominations of, of, of religious activity. This, uh, this show is about how God is a God of second chances and that no matter what you've done in life, no matter where you've been in life, every single day you wake up, you have a new opportunity to start over. You have a new opportunity to, to do right, to change your direction. I, I see and, and I've dealt with so many people that are, feel hopeless. They feel like they've screwed up way too many times. They feel like that life has just been one big black cloud hanging over them their whole life. And, and this show is about how untrue that is, how attitude and perspective can change your whole direction because we have a God who loves us. We have a God who tells us in Matthew of the New Testament, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother and sister if they sin against me? Should I forgive them seven times? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, you're to forgive them 70 times seven times, which in essence, he means you're to forgive as many times as somebody needs to be forgiven. And if God tells us to do that, he never tells us to do anything he doesn't do. So we have a God of infinite second chances. And I'm here as an example. My life before I almost died is completely different than my life afterwards. Now, has it been perfect? No. Has there been consequences for having to deal with things that I did and, and mistakes that I made? Sure. God doesn't promise that everything's going to be beautiful and hunky-dory in everything we do, but has it been different? Yes, it's been a completely different direction. I used to 
live in El Paso, Texas for many, many years. I now live in the Dallas Metroplex area, and it was because God gave me a second chance to bring my family out here and give my daughters an education like they'd never get anywhere else. And they are flourishing because of me almost dying in 2007. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this show. I'm going to have hosts throughout the, the, the year that are going to come in and tell their story. And today we've got our very first one. I wanted to kick off this, this show with one of my very, very good friends, Byron Ricks. Byron and I have known each other since probably within days after I moved to the Dallas Metroplex area. Uh, Byron used to own a business called Comfort Keepers, which uh, provided, I'll let him tell you a little bit more, but it provided in-home care um, because I am an estate planning and elder law attorney now. I'm not a trial attorney anymore. I don't live in the court. I don't live a high-stress 80-hour week. I take care of people with their estate planning documents, wills, trusts. I do probate when people pass away. I do guardianships when people are, uh, have Alzheimer's or dementia or special needs. And I work a lot with people who love to care and take care of people. And Byron is one of those people. And so Byron and I hit it off right from the beginning. We started having coffee together early and we just became really good friends. And, and we've stayed in touch over this year. And I want Byron to kind of share with you his second chance story today because he has a very good one. <laughs> And what he's doing with it and what, where he's gone with it. Uh, Byron is the host of a fantastic podcast called The Father Factor. And Byron, I, I think I'll just turn it over and let you share with our guest today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you well, for, thank for you taking for, the time to kick off this me. very first show with me. Yeah. Thank you for inviting um, me. I'm excited to be here. And, and tell us a little bit about what... Where, where is your life taking you? You know what? You said something earlier about when we first met, and I was in the business. Of, I had a Comfort Keeper franchise in Frisco, and you had your practice. And we, our practices is what brought us together. But if you remember correctly, when we would have breakfast, our faith is what we talked about. That's right. The challenges that we were going through in our personal lives as well as our business lives. And we didn't really talk a lot about business. That's right. We really didn't. <laughs> you know, uh, just a little bit. We, we talked about business a little bit. I, I want to spin off something you, you said earlier, too. When Peter asked Jesus how many times I should forgive my brother, seven. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven, which is what, 480 or something like that. I don't A lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I went to law school for a reason. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so... So at any rate, my, my point there is that not only is he a God of second chances, he's a God of many, many chances. And so I'm not on my second chance right now. I am on God only knows because I, <laughs> I lost count. Exactly. I lost count because, as you know, I grew up in on the west side of Chicago, single parent, latchkey kid, welfare, uh, gang infested neighborhoods, and... It just was a very hard, very tough life. Now, I say that in this breath, but the very next breath, I have to say, I am blessed because my life isn't as hard as others' lives that I've seen and a lot of the kids that I've worked with here in the Dallas area, in the L.A. area, in the Chicago area, in Detroit area. Uh, they, have a, they have and have had a lot harder life than me, but, but when I was growing up, I didn't know that. 
You just know what you're going through at the time. Right. Right. So I, which second chance are we talking about? Right. Uh, A third chance. Do we talk about, you know, me growing up without a dad and how that felt? Thus, I wrote the book, Searching for Dad, Nine Side Effects of Growing Up Fatherless and How to Overcome It. Or do we talk about the second chance uh, after I almost lost my leg and was almost amputated? Or do we talk about the second chance when I fell off, you know, third floor of a building and actually died, was pronounced dead at the scene? You know, I mean, there's so many second chances. And and I think that's what God put on my heart when I was going through my situation. And this this title, Every Day is a Second Chance, I didn't come up with. It it, it was God put it on my heart when I was going through it. And I think... The reason is, is because we, we, you know, as humans, where it's like, well, I'll give them a second chance, but I won't give them a third chance, right. or I won't give them a fourth chance. Right. And, and I think this really got put on my heart because God doesn't see it that way. No. God sees every chance as a second chance, a second chance right. from your last second chance right. and your last second chance. And, and so every day that we get up, that, that's what I, I, why it's just touched me that every day is a new beginning. It, but here's the, the, the challenge, though, Fred, for us as human beings. God gives us second chances and third chances because God loves us unconditionally. Right. And God also says if you repent of thy sin, you've got to repent. In other words, when you do something wrong and when you mess up, you have an obligation, mm-hmm. whether it be to God, to your wife, to your kid, to your coworker, to say, I messed up. Right. I made a mistake. A lot of people can't get to that second chance because they won't admit that they did something wrong or they took a wrong direction or they did something that was their fault. They will not take responsibility for what they did, didn't do, or should have should have done. And so in order for me to get that next chance, whether from God or whether it be from my peer, I still have to acknowledge my wrongdoing or my wrong step or my misstep whether it was an accident or on purpose. And I think you've got a good point there, because one of the things that I've noticed through life is that, yes, we have a God of second chances, but we don't have a people of second chances. Bam. But even worse than that, we don't have selves of second chances. Bam. Right. So so we we don't give ourselves a second chance. We don't. And, I, and I'll, and I'll tell hard on ourselves. A, a perfect example, and, and, and in my book, I've, I've gone into very much detail about my life Growing up, I did not li- I did not grow up in a family of faith, and I didn't really get introduced to Christ and, and the church till mm-hmm. I was eighteen, nineteen. But even then, once I was introduced, it was like, okay, that's great. And then I c- continued, and I lived a college life that a lot of college students live. Right. I lived a life of drinking and carousing and and not doing what I was supposed to do. Right. And so when I really started diving in and, and, and getting closer to God, right. I felt really guilty about what I had been like, right. about the number of women I'd been with, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I remember one day I was talking to a pastor, and the pastor said, so it sounds like you're having trouble forgiving yourself right. for what you were like before. Right. And I said, yes, I, I am. And he said, do you believe that God and Christ forgive you of your sins? And I said, well, of course I do. That's, you know, I've been taught that that's what Christ came for. And yes, of course he forgives us and God forgives me of my sins. And he said flat out, just very bluntly, so you think you're better than God? (laughs) 
And it was a real eye-opener in my life to make me realize how often we prevent ourselves from second chances because of that. You know, in in the book of Jeremiah, um, I I was in a Bible study once, and I really was angry with my father. I was angry with my father, and... In the book of Jeremiah, it says that not only will God forgive you of your sins, but get this, the Bible says he will remember it no more. Right. And the spirit laid upon my heart, if my father had repented and, and asked forgiveness for abandoning me, I don't know had he done it or not, but if he does it or had done it, not only would God forgive him and let it go, God wouldn't remember it. And I'm asking myself, why am I holding on to something that God may have already let go? Right, right, right. So tell me, you know, you have had a number of things, and and I think we can probably get you on a number of shows to talk about right. each one of those second chances you touched on. But one of the reasons that that you inspired me to start this show because you asked me to be on your show, The Father right. Factor, and and. I'd like you to kind of share with the audience what made you decide you wanted to do that. I know you, you, you've already touched on the mm. fact of what okay. you grew up fatherless, but what made you decide that you thought you needed to get that message out and what people want and need to hear? Right. Well, after I wrote the book, I worked with the one church, actually, in Dallas, in, in, in Plano, to put together a curriculum for their 180 ministry of kids, I think they were 5 to 18 or 5 to 17, and that went well, and the ministry went, was, was still going on, actually. Then COVID hit, and a lot of other things happened, and after that happened, so let me, let me back up a bit now. Um, I sold the business. We talked about Comfort Keepers, so I sold the Comfort Keepers in July of 2018. Uh, it was just, like you said, 30, 40, not 30, 30 would have been a good week, <laughs> 50, 60 hours, 24, 7. Uh, I just got to a point I couldn't deal with that anymore and got out. And then I, I learned that that very same month that I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, my gosh. And so I then ended up having to go down to UT Southwestern, thank God, for UT Southwestern. That's a story in itself, how, how I got there. <laughs> we'll come back and we'll yeah, do that yeah, one that, That's episode. a whole story because I was at two other <clears throat> urologists before I got there, and thank God for <clears throat> uh, UT Southwestern. So I had the surgery, and they cleared the cancer. This has been five years now. I'm still cancer-free. I do my PSAs every... Awesome. I'm now I'm on every year. I was on every three months, every six months. Now I go yearly. You know, and praise the Lord, I'm still cancer free, but I also do things I need to do. So, but yet that's it. Now I'm sitting there. Um, I'm not working at the moment. I've sold the business and I want to do something. And someone called me from the past and said, Hey, Byron, we want you to talk to us about this father, fatherless, you know, subject. And I said, You know, man, I haven't done that in a long time. They say, Yeah, but you really have done it. And I said, That book is old. They say, yes, the book is old, but the subject matter has an infinite shelf life. Yes. Because... Unfortunately. It, unfortunately. Which, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not a good thing. As I guess it's good for the book, but it's not a good thing overall. Right. So, 
my son was, Dad, you should write another book. And I'm like, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me to write another book. And Josh, who has my co-host, had, oh, God, he has a great story. Josh is, <laughs> Josh's father is, is, is black and his mother is white. And his mother married a, a white guy who wanted him to be Cuban. It's, it's, it's <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll definitely have to get there. that story I'm on this. saying. But, <clears throat> and he suggested to me, you know, why don't you do it in a podcast? And why don't we just play with it? Okay. And so wh- what I f- learned about the podcasting is that unlike the book, wh- first of all, sit down and write a book, is no, it takes time. Because the first book took me over five years. It, it's taken me over 15. I'm okay. still working on it. <laughs> and so it's like, if I do this, I, 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 this message needs to be out now. It needs to be out today. And I need to get it out quickly. And so we started with the podcast. And I started with the nine side effects of, I'm sorry, Searching for Dad. <clears throat> The not, searching for dad, nine side effects of growing up fatherless and how to overcome them. And I didn't know where to start, so I just started with each side effect. Mm-hmm. And then I began to get feedback. So not only are we talk about the side effect, like <clears throat> the void that you have in your life, the angry mama drama, <laughs> the anger, the silent anger. So I began to touch on these, each of those, but not, di- not only did we touch on those, we then gave ideas, solutions on how to overcome them. See, the key is I may have those side effects, but second chances, right? Right. How do I get a second chance? I got to either overcome something mm-hmm. or I have to learn to live with it because we don't overcome everything in life. Right. I'm right. not that naive, right. right? So that's how I got started with the podcast. It was a hobby. Well, and I but think- as we, I'm really quick, yeah. but as I begin to get feedback, I thought, well, maybe this can be bigger and more than just a hobby. And here we are over a year later, year and a half later, and, you know, I got people coming out of Whitworks want to tell me their stories and want me to help them forgive their fathers because a lot of people have not forgiven their fathers. I'll stop there and let you That's go. That's right. Well, and that, and that was going to lead me. I, I was going to ask you the question of, of what have you found since you've been doing this, the effect, and, and how, how is it touching people? And and are people reaching out because it's such a, a an important topic. I mean, it. Uh, I think sometimes when you hear the topic, it it, it becomes a racial issue right. also because there are certain right. cultures that have more fatherless issues than other cultures. Right. Right. But but that's easy to say, but it's right. not because it's right. it, it's cross culture. It is. It's it like is. everything else is is. We, it's easy to say, well, this culture has, you know, more fatherless families than it, but, but they're not. Right. There, there are a lot of fatherless families in many areas, and that's right. what I'm trying to get. Sometimes a fatherless family has a father in the house. Bam. And, and we don't talk about those. Right, right. And, and so I think what's so great about your, your message is that you're really working, and that's what I want to do with this one, is you're really working on helping people define life instead of letting life define them. When we hear fatherless, we think of father not being in the home. My research has shown me that a father can be there physically and not there mentally right. and not there spiritually, you know, not there nurturing. They, they can be there. And what I've learned is that that father that's a workaholic and they could be in a non-minority family and he's a workaholic, he's an executive, but he's never with his kids 
those his kids had the same effects, some of the same side effects as that minority kid or that kid on the so, lower socioeconomic level mm-hmm. as they do. Because at the end of the day, they're not getting the nurturing from their father that they need. That's why my podcast is called The Father Factor. And we have the infinity sign because fathers count. Right. And, and remember, the, in counting, we do have negative numbers, right? Right. <laughs> fathers count or they not. So that's why I call it The Father Factor, but I also learned, if I may, I wrote the book, The Father Fa- um, Searching for Dad, and it was about boys growing up without fathers. Well, on this journey, I've learned that girls grow up without fathers, and they have side effects too, and they have come to me, come out and work, work, and say, What about us? Right, right. <laughs> and so I had to sit down with them and say, Well, tell me. They said, Well, it's the same side effects, right. you know, and there's some others. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure so, there's some unique side so, so effects. So now I sure. have looked at, I look at it this way. So it's the father factor for fatherless children, not just for fatherless boys. And I wanted to be able to help women who are raising their kids without fathers. And that's why we have one chapter called Angry Mama Drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard one person say to a father, well, how come you don't work harder to see your kids? And then the retort was, well, how come I have to work so hard to see my kids? Mm-hmm. Because the, the mothers, some mothers don't believe that their children need the father. They think right. it's monetarily only, especially those that monetarily. I know one mm-hmm. woman, she makes $200,000, $300,000 a year. And she said, I can take care of my kids. But you can't be her dad because right. a woman cannot raise a man just like a man cannot raise a woman, you see. We need them both in there. We need there. them both. That's and, right. and that's important for me. So I want to give a voice to motherless. Uh, I'm sorry. I want to give a voice to those mothers who are raising kids without fathers. I want to give a voice to those fathers who are trying to connect with their kids. I want to send a message to those fathers who are not trying to connect with their kids. Yeah. And I want to send a message to those kids that, still hold hatred and, and, and vitriol in their hearts for their fathers because they can't get that second chance. Well, it's going to be harder to get that second chance if they don't let go so right. they can move on to what God has in store for them in their next life. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because letting go is, is a crucial part of the second chance concept at all, of all. Right. When, when you read through the Bible, and you've touched, you touched on it, that God doesn't remember. No. You know, God doesn't hold on to things, no. but yet we do. Right. We, and part of what I'm writing in my book is, is a lot of us live a life driving a car backwards. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is, you know, we design a car with a huge front windshield to look at where we're going. Right. And a little bitty rear view mirror yes. to see what's behind us. Yes. But yet a lot of us turn that around and we're looking through the big window going behind us right. of what's happened in our right. life and how, you know, right. I, I, I have two sisters and my middle sister passed away a few years ago. She was very um, sickly growing up. She was diagnosed at about 18 with Crohn's disease, which right. if uh, those of y'all are are familiar with it, Crohn's is worse than what I had, ulcerative colitis, in my opinion. Ulcerative colitis, you can get rid of, and I don't have it anymore because I don't have a colon anymore. But Crohn's, you can't. And she dealt with that her whole life. And unfortunately, she made it worse 
by smoking like mm. you know a chimney her whole life and not eating well. But my sister was the epitome of the poor pitiful me mentality. Right. And what was me? When I look at her life, it's almost like she didn't want a second chance because it was easier to live in the past and the the problems and the you know then then to let go and move forward. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people do that. Right. You know, they. Uh, it's funny we were just talking the other day about how, how people in our life that love to one up you. Right. But it's not a one up in the, I'm better than you. No. It's one up in oh you think you you got it bad. I well I really got it bad. <laughs> right. Like we take pride. Right. I have an even worse situation than your situation. Right. Yeah. And and that's not what God teaches us. No. That's not what God does. That's no. not what his the Bible stories no. are about. Right. Uh, you know, Sarah, he told her, Don't look back. Right. And and if you look back, what happens? Right. Not good things ha- not good happen. Things. And and so I, I really would like to we're gonna wrap up for today, but I really hope that this show will take off and really inspire people to look forward. Right. And and to work on how do I become a better person. Mm-hmm. Moving exactly. forward. Fred, I'm glad that you forgave yourself. I'm glad that you met the gentleman that you talked to that said, are you better than God? Because I think that had a paradigm shift for you. It did. You know, and, and because of that paradigm shift, you were able to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Yeah. You were able to now listen to and li- hear his words, but most importantly, you are now allowed yourself to let his word manifest in your life. And that's why you begin to feel badly about the things you've done. See, once you allow God to dwell within you, the spirit to dwell within you, then you have a conscience. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any God, you have no conscience. Right. <laughs> At least right. that's, that's, that's my that's take right. on that. Well, and, and for many years, friends of mine have told me to get this message out. And, and I've been doing it, trying to do it by way of this book that I've been mm-hmm. working on. I, and you guys will get to know me quite a bit through these podcasts, but I'm a very type A person. I, I don't, I don't like slowing down and sitting in front of a computer and typing. So this has drug on and, and, but, but I tell people my story and they're like, people need to hear that, that story. And for the longest time I thought, you know, who wants, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm not a famous person. I've not done anything, but you just touched on it right there is that gentleman completely changed the direction of my life by giving me one message that I had not gotten. And so I pray that this show, that, that myself and the hosts uh, and and the the guests that I have on these shows can give one person, one message out there that changes their direction in a different area. What is the old Chinese proverb? When the student is ready, the teacher will come. Hopefully your show can be a teacher to many students that are ready. I hope it can too. Well, thank you. I, I can't thank you enough, Byron, for kicking this show off with me. Uh, I know, I know it, you're taking time out of your day to, to come do this. Um, but, you know, and just wrapping up, we really pray that we can touch a lot of people on yes. this show. And, and we want the message to be that we have a God of second chances. You do. And as I said, we're going to go through this in, in different episodes. And we're going to talk in detail about certain stories in the Bible but when I started looking at that, and I'd always heard that, but when you really start diving in 
There is story after story after story of God giving second chances. In fact, is and, there anyone he didn't give a second chance yeah. to? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what I was just going to get to, is okay. there's, there's, not, there's not stories where he just says, okay, I'm, I'm done. No. Uh, and, and, and as long as we keep, we're alive, right. and we're kicking, right. every day we wake up, we can make a difference in life. be a new day. That's right. be a new day every day. Well, thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you, you for doing this for me. me. Uh, God bless you for everything you do, and I uh, hope the, the Father Factor touches a lot of lives. Uh, thank you for letting me be on that show, because it was it was a privilege to be able to get my story and talk about it was a great my, story. what I've gone through. And your excerpts that I put out there of just being getting hit after hit after hit after hit. So well, Good. Um, and, and so I appreciate you, and I appreciate our friendship, and I look forward to many more years of us working together and spreading the good news. Yes, by far. Well, thank you, everybody, for showing up today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you all got something out of this. And I hope you come back. Uh, this first show has been a little uh, nerve-wracking for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I do a lot of public speaking. And, and I was telling my girlfriend before we started here, I never get nervous when I speak. I got nervous as anything to start this show today. So I hope that God has touched my heart to touch your heart and that we'll see you again in the future. God bless y'all.